Hello and welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launchpad for left of center artists. My name is Rain Phoenix and today's very special guest is Sean Ross. Welcome Sean Ross to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me on the show of Launch Left. Thank you for making this music, your record, which is coming out in three days from when this episode drop so your new record i can say i think safely yeah new my new record and my first one um i put out singles and this is the album yeah how does that feel (laughs) you know for me it's always been like a conversation with people when i've been doing music um everybody's always asked like oh like when are we getting more when are we getting more and for me i felt like putting out a whole bunch of singles like really didn't make sense because i needed to have something that like resonated with me I needed to have something that not only resonated with me, but something that people could like live with when they think of me, like something to identify, like when it comes to like my music. So I was happy to like finally like actually give something um, to people. I'm, I'm happy to finally give people like a body of work that they can identify Sean Ross, the musician, the artist, recording artist with. I imagine you work with other people too. Well, in the beginning, um, I started working with a Grammy-nominated producer, Brooke DeLoe, actually. And Brooke DeLoe, um, it was one of the former members of the group Jay Davey, and also Rush Davis as well, um, who is, like, one of, like, my brothers. Like, literally, Rush's phenomenal artist, um, just, like, creative director, producer. He does all of it. And he helped usher me through this entire process. And then finally, I met um, Michael Tritter and um, Carlos uh, Chaires, which uh, they are like up together. They make up the record label Jex, and which I think is actually cool. Um, Jex, J-E-X, because one's Mexican and the other one's Jewish. So it's Jewish, Mexican. Um, it's really cool. But other than that, like we just started to work with each other. Um, one day, like I went to like one of his sessions and we started to work with each other. And I really, really loved how they worked. I not only loved how they worked, I loved their their understanding of music. I love the sounding, like the sounds that they choose, the sound design. Um, and so we just decided to, you know, always be in the studio and we just started making songs all the time. And then it started to be that it was this is a project and we're finally putting it out. And we have so much more um, coming out after this. Um, but that's how this whole thing even started. It was really just following the creative, it sounds like, you know, like you met the right people, you started vibing with them, you started making me, and then that led to the album. It's funny, like when you hear people, they're like, yeah, I'm working on my album, and I have this person, and then this person, and then this these people right on that, and this guy produced this, and like, that's great if you get with people that are like really, really like good at what they do. Um, and then sometimes it's not, like sometimes you can have like an album that like it's a whole bunch of name dropping and it just sounds like trash. So for me, what I love working with them was that, and I also don't like working with a lot of people. I don't like having a lot of different energies on anything that I do. So I, I love that it was just like a small, tight, you know, knit selection of like four people. And then, except for like one song, but it was like four people. And other than that, like, it just was very simple um, the entire time. 
There's a beautiful cohesion to the project because of that. I'm going to ask you what I ask everyone. How did music find you? Well, music has always like been in my family as far as like when it comes to the ear. Um, my parents growing up, they always played like really, really, really good music um, from like, you know, in my household, a lot of like the like normal stuff. I wouldn't say like, what's the best way I can say this? Like the things that were on the radio, my parents didn't really play in the house a lot. And it's funny because I have that same issue where I don't really, really play what's on the radio um, in my house. Um, it, now I do a little bit um, because I understand that artists need their streams and I understand that artists also need support. So what I try to do is I try to go on Spotify or Apple and I go through playlists and sometimes I just let them play and I let, and I listen to like what the world's listening to like right now at this moment. Um, but back then, like my family, like it definitely was not a thing. 100%. It wasn't a thing. Like my, my mom and dad, like they would play like Phyllis Hyman and Donny Hathaway and Stevie Wonder and the Cardigans and the Carpenters and Bjork and like all of these different, like people would just like play throughout my house for like years when I was a kid, like um, Herbie Hancock, uh, Lonnie Liston Smith, like all of these different types of people. And then when back then, I guess like, you know, music has changed so much, like where I felt like we're um, force fed um, all the time on the radios. And like a lot of the, I feel like the ear has become lazy um, to be very honest with you back then, whatever, like whoever was like a pop star or like popular artist, like they made good music. Like, you know, I grew up in the time where you had the Busta Rhymes and the Mary J. Blige. And then, you know, I got even older and like Kylie Minogue is like making her like big debut and all of these different things. Like you have a Moby, but these people make, they make and made like good music, like good music existed um, everywhere. I feel like back then today, it's a little bit different. You're in LA. When did you move here? I do want to know that. When did you move um, I moved here like seven years ago. And it's mm-hmm. funny because like, it's like, it, it's an un so it's weird, but it's like this like unspoken thing that like a lot of people well some people make jokes about it on the loan. They feel like I was one of the people who like started to like my generation at least, like the people that I grew up with. Um a lot of people felt like I made um a lot of New Yorkers move to LA. It's really, really weird because I didn't believe that at first. And so like, I actually like looked back at how many people moved here and how connected I was to them. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe like, who knows? Cause I used to literally like live in New York. I'm from New York. I lived there. And it was funny. Cause like, I just felt like, I don't know what happened. Like I, the first time I came to LA, I was 19. Um, first time I ever visited, I was 19. Cause I had to do this video with uh, Katy Perry at the time. And it was like my first time ever being on like this massive set. It was like uh, such a great, you know, moment. And I, I would come here and my best friend, Roman Sype, um, he lived here and I would always like, you know, I didn't know anyone here. So I would like go and I would like hang out with him when I wasn't working. So I remember like after a while, I would like get booked for things, but get booked for different jobs. And like what I would tell them was like, oh, like I don't want to stay in a hotel. I want to stay at my, my best friend's house. And I would like stay at his house and I just started to like see like the way like um, LA was and like I like I like got into like you know just like 
a, I don't know, the lifestyle a little bit. And then, like, I think it took me maybe, like, maybe six or seven times coming here. And then I was just like, I'm going to move. And I remember I told my mom, I was like, oh, I'm going to move to L.A. And it's so funny because it was something that was so, like, seamless, but, like, so, like, not thought about. But it was just like, yeah, I'm going to move to L.A., uh, blah, blah, blah. My mom was like, oh, well, okay. Because a lot of them thought that, like, <clears throat> I was going to go to L.A. and, like, come back. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm moving to L.A., like, <laughs> not coming back, like, in that way. And they literally were just like, okay, whatever. And then they really realized, like, like almost like a year or two later, like, oh, wow, like, you're really, like, in L.A. And I'm like, I told you guys, like, I'm <laughs> – but I would go back home often to, like, see my family. But, like, I've lived out here for literally seven years. And it's crazy to know, like, I, like, made that executive decision. And then I would always convince my friends. I'm like, oh, my God, you should come to L.A. It's so much better. Because, like, New York will always be home. But New York has, like, changed so much. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's lost. So it's weird because as a kid, I never, ever thought New York would be the way it is now. But, like, it's lost its touch. And that's very weird to say because New York is a place that, like, doesn't lose its thing but like i i can honestly say like new york has definitely like lost a lot of what makes it new york from the 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 buildings going up everywhere um <clears throat> businesses closing down iconic businesses closing down um even before the pandemic like it's a lot of things that makes new york new york is not new york anymore uh, that might be sad, but the world changing is not sad. As a matter of fact, I hope the world never goes back the way it was in many respects in terms of how we, in terms of the, the, the blindness and the privilege and the certain things that we're like not focusing on. And that turns the conversation a little bit to want to talk to you about, you know, what you care about. If you have a form of activism or something that you advocate for in the world, um, is there something that you are passionate about? Yeah, 100%. Like, one thing that I can definitely say um, that I'm passionate about, like, I mean, obviously, I'm passionate about, like, right now, all the things that everyone's, like, very um, passionate about, especially, like, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't really even want to get into that topic, but, like, the the thing that just happened recently to the young gentleman, yeah. Um, that, yeah, that yeah. was, that, that was... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cops are, are interesting and I don't want to make this a conversation about cops, but like, I don't know. I, my, I will leave it at this. I, I do feel that the, the common thread that I see about cops is that I feel like we hire psychos. I really do. I feel like we hire, I feel like in order, I feel like some people do naturally want to be security guards and um, law enforcement and police, et cetera. I really do feel like some people do grow up dreaming and wanting to be that to like really help make our world a better place. Mm-hmm. And then I do believe that there are some people who are taking time bombs that have probably have had like a very, very like bad childhood, probably, um, probably tease. And like, it's their finally their moment to have authority and like push people in their place. And that's all I see. Like, you know, there was a, a cop that was on, there was a cop that was on um, uh, Instagram and he was um, talking, he was showing the difference between the gun and the taser. And he was basically saying like um, uh, um, left side dominant, um, right side less dominant. And basically he's like, I don't understand how a cop could um, basically mistake 
a gun for a taser. And he said 99% of our, he said, he basically said like 99.9% of our job is about communication. Very rarely should you have to use that, that little bit of percentage, like very rarely. And when he said that, I'm like, that's so true. Like, it's all about communication. Obviously, you know, there it is that one moment where it's like, okay, well, is this gonna, is the person gonna cooperate or not? But it, and, and that happens sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But when I just look at these videos and I and I see the the conviction and a lot of the police officers' um, voices and the diction and, the, and their eyes and like this, it's it's a very very sick place that a lot of them live in. So I'm very very passionate about that, and I'm very very passionate about people um, being themselves. I think it's something that's very important. Um, uh, that's what my album really really is about. Is I'm, I'm about to turn 30 years old and I feel like I'm getting old, but I'm, I know everybody's like, child, you're still a baby. I know. You do. You look like 22. No, but it's, you know, it, it's, you step into a different type of understanding. Like, you know, like you start going into this level of um, there's no more excuses. Like you really, really start to put things into perspective where you're like, listen, like you are a part of a show that one day will end. And I say this to my friends all the time. Like, I don't think, I think people really, really believe that they'll live forever. And even though we do in spirit, I do think that people believe that they get to go back and do this life again. And I'm like, but you don't, you absolutely don't. So you have to like live the way you want to live for you. um, The things that satisfy your needs, um, you know, responsibly, but I, I, I'm I'm a big advocate for like being who you want to be. Um, living life the way you want to live. Um, if you want to jump, jump. Like, you know, and I think that that's the best thing. Like, you know, it's one of those, what's that quote where it goes, um, what if I fall? And it says, oh, darling, but what if you fly? And it's it's something that I think of all the time. And I look at my career like that, where it's just like, well, what if I fly? I'll never know if I don't jump. If you don't risk to maintain who you are, then you're not being true to yourself. And so I really appreciate you saying that. I think that's an incredible way to be and to encourage others and, and young people to think, you know, from, from that space of jump up, make that leap of faith. If, as long as you're being who you really are. Wow. So you're almost 30. I would have never guessed that. But so like you said, things do change. You notice that right in your mind where like, there's a different understanding. There's a different consciousness as you get older, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary, but I guess it's like what you said, you just have to just like, you're like, it is what it is. I think at the end of the day, I think we just get scared because we don't know what is beyond, you know, whatever it is. But I also am like, I try to, I'm, I, you know, I always, I, I, try, I try to do this. And I think people probably do this in their mind. They try to think back as far as you can remember back to your most youngest, like memory, like the youngest memory. Because I do feel like, I don't know, I have my, my like, um, my theories, but like, I, I do feel like it's like this thing where like, maybe who knows? We don't know. Maybe it's just like, born again like who knows like you don't you don't really know but i think that's the part that probably um scares people but you definitely do come into this new consciousness of um how you have to treat people um also how you have to treat your body it's a very important thing like your health becomes such a a thing like you know all the things that you put off in your 20s and your teens like getting in the gym eating a little bit better like right now i'm i'm doing keto Cause I want to like um, lose like weight, but at the same time, as, as I'm eating keto, I notice I'm like, wait a minute, but this is so much. This is like a better way of eating. And like for me, with, with my keto isn't like strict; it's like low carbs. So for me, like prime example, last night 
I had cauliflower um, pizza. And I'm just like, when you think of cauliflower pizza, especially being in New York, you're like, oh, hell no. But then you're eating it. You're like, oh, wait, this is really, really good. And why can I not eat this instead? It's a, like massive cut in carbs. And it's also healthier for you. Why not? So you just like eat a little bit better. You think a little bit better. You do things in moderation um, because you try to preserve um, your your youth in a way like you don't want to be young forever, but you try to preserve your youth as, as long as you can naturally. Yeah. You want to age um, without being, let's say, in a wheelchair or hooked up to machines. You want to at least, you know, age out gracefully. Right. 100%. <laughs> this is your so- first solo record. First mm-hmm. record, right? Yeah. Um, how does that feel to be almost 30 and putting that out? Um, good. Honestly, like, you know, I think I you, you get rid of the expectations of what life is, has to be like, um, you know, what life has to be like at 30 and all of these things. Like, I don't know, just the word, the word 30 just sounds, I don't know. It, it's 20 sounds, you know, tweeny and, you know, 30 sounds, you know, it's more grown. So for me, it's just like, it, it's exciting to put that out there. And one of the things that I also love is like, when you look at a lot of the great artists today, a lot of them, when it comes to music, a lot of them find their successes in their mid thirties. Some of them like early forties. Like a lot of people have different successes at different times. You have Tyler Perry who literally found his successes like in the ending of his 30s, early 40s. So, and look at him now today, he's a phenomenon. And, and same thing with like Oprah Winfrey, you know, finding her success in her 30s. Um, it, it, it really, really depends. But I'm really excited to like put this project out um, because I know that I can stand behind it, not only like verbally um, and mentally, but also emotionally, I can stand behind what I'm placing out there in the world and be okay with that. Like, I don't feel a sense of nervousness um, when I don't feel nervous. Like, you know, when people like almost to put out something that nervousness for me, doesn't like really, really like um, happen anymore. Well, you're already a success to me just hearing how you talked about that, because you know, that's, that's more than half the battle. (laughs) <laughs> is being comfortable with who you are and, and and expressing yourself without apologies. I just want you to know that I already think you're a goddamn success. And I want to thank you for spending this half hour with me to share about your record and what you care about. Is there anything you want to share with the, the youthful kids that follow us? Any advice you have? Take all the chances that, you know, you can, um, you know, moderately, respectfully, um, but I think re- respect your decisions, respect yourself. A lot of people don't respect themselves. A lot of, a lot of us go throughout life um, on autopilot and, and we go on autopilot and we're very afraid of like, you know, being, you know, taking control of the, of the flight. And I think it's very, very important to take control of your life and um, create the narrative that you want for yourself. It's, it's very, very important. A lot of people just don't do that. A lot of people live in fear for so long, like, it's it really it's funny to me like how many people I meet that live in fear um in they're older than me and I'm just like but you know you can't like there's just so many other things to like think about so many other things to do um so many other things to be thankful for and so many other things to be um grateful for so just live your life and do what you want to do and don't be afraid of like what other people say. Nine times out of 10, the people who have something like weird to say, it's because they probably didn't have the courage to do what you're about to do or what you did. 
And we're going to hear your song, Living, to close the show. Thank you, Sean Ross. It has been a pleasure. Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left of center artists in all creative fields. <laughs>